People ask how I got to where I'm at, and it was a lot of luck, a lot of support from other people and whatnot in right place, right time. I could have very easily gone to college simultaneously while doing that and done it on the side and all this stuff, but I wouldn't be where I am today. There's no way. In this first episode of the FPV podcast, I'm joined by multi-time DRL world champion, co-owner of the FPV Business 533, and professional drone pilot at Beverly Hills Aerials. There's a lot to unpack today as we take a deep dive into the business side of the hobby, and we also learn just how possible it is to make money within the FPV space in 2023. Thank you so much for coming on today, Evan. Um, would you mind introducing yourself and also letting the audience know who you are and what you do? Uh, so my name is Evan Turner. I do all things drone related. I've done pretty much anything there is to do in the drone industry. I've worked, uh, had done it as a hobby and drones at, at its core is truly my passion. So I guess to shorten the answer would be my name is Evan Turner and I fly drones for a living. Epic. I love it. I love that. So if we go back to your beginning side of the, uh, of the entire process, um, you know, when did you start flying FPV and, and how did you start out flying? So I started flying FPV when I was about 12 years old, uh, 12 years old. Um, it was actually from a buddy um, named, his name is Sam. And uh, Sam and I, or Sam started flying or had a mini quad and he brought it over one day to my house and he showed me how to fly it and I was hooked. Um, I come from an RC airplane background, so I flew remote control airplanes from when I was real, like when I was like five or six and I competed doing that. Uh, so kind of learned my, uh, like had basically just been comfortable with remote control in my hand my whole life. And then FBV came super naturally to me uh, around 11 or 12 and it was something that me and Sam could do together and then found a local group of people that we could compete with, I guess. And uh, it kind of went from there. Um, but yeah, started truly out of passion. It was something that I could do with my dad. And even now to this day, it, it remains very much a passion project of mine. Um, feel very lucky to have turned it uh, more so into the career side of things. But at its core, again, it's still very much a hobby and something that I enjoy doing. That's epic to hear. Yeah, it definitely sounds like you started extremely young at five. Um, <laughs> That's that's a yeah that's a real early age to just have a little remote controller in the hands. But so would would you would you be saying then that racing was sort of quite an entry into that? Because you're saying you started flying with other people. Was that like sort of the entryway for you into racing, or was that just hanging out with like-minded people? Um, yeah, racing was definitely what brought me together with other people, and I would say that's like one of the beautiful things about racing in general is that it brings people together. Like racing. At a track is only so fun. Flying by yourself is only so fun. But when you compete against one another, track your progress. Uh, it's such a quantitative thing. Racing is, you know, it's not like freestyle or anything where you just hope you're flying better and it seems like you're flying better. Racing, you can see the lap times decrease. You can see the improvement. You can compete with your friends. Um, and I really enjoyed that. Like I come from a very competitive, like just I'm a competitive person. And from my remote control airplane uh, kind of background, I, um, so I'm actually, uh, I was a two-time national champion, one-time world champion remote control airplane pilot. So I had a lot of experience in competition, um, before I got into drones. So a lot of that carried over as far as how to practice, how to get really good at something, how to go through the highs and lows of the competing and whatnot. And that applied pretty much directly over to drone racing. So yeah, I, once I found drone racing and kind of started to shift from remote control airplane competition to racing, 
I started to kind of apply all those things that I'd learned from competing at a young age. And that competitive nature inside of me just made me push really, really hard for an extended period of time consistently uh, before, you know, eventually I started to see results. Um, but yeah, that's that's kind of the story. How long was the transition going from, you know, flying your remote control airplanes to into FPV? Yeah, that's an interesting one. Um, it I would say, well, for one, if you look at statistically, as far as pilots, like top racing pilots in the world right now, um, most of them have a background holding a remote controller. You have like Min Chan Kim has a background in flying remote control helicopters. You have BMS Thomas has a background in remote control airplanes. You have Captain Vanover that has that experience. Like we all have experience flying something. So I think that was definitely a like advantage, I guess you could say. Um, but as far as the transition to answer your question, like it was uh, pretty seamless just because I'm already used to mixing controls with two hands, already used to coordinating turns, performing with a radio in my hands under pressure. So many of the things transitioned over and it made the learning curve just so much steeper, or I guess shallower, if you will. Uh, it made it faster for me to learn. And then once I kind of leveled up a couple of times and I was already ahead of the curve and then just the work ethic at that point kind of keeps you ahead of it um, so many years later. Sure. That's cool. That's cool. So if we're looking to the business more side of it, what would you be saying your first experience was that I guess made you, you know, make or made you realize that you could make money from FPV? Yeah. Um, so I guess I'll lead this with saying that there are still very few people um, making a living, like a true living off of FPV. It's something that is, you know, a lot of people make side money off of it and things like that. But still, like the amount of people that are truly that is their full-time job is very limited uh, or somewhat. It's bigger than it's ever been, but it's still very limited. But what will kind of the overarching message um, is you have to like you get what you pay for so much so like if you are this new beginner or whatever who thinks they're going to make all this money from fpv you have to think about it from the flip side and that if you're the client paying you want to pay for the best if you want to charge a high rate you need to have the value to back it up so if you come in get into drones i want to make a lot of money it's difficult because again the people who are getting paid are the ones who are the best in the world um, so you and the people who are, you know, it's a side thing and that's great, uh, are getting paid like at, according to their skill level. And, you know, that's not to say that you can't advance through it very quickly. And there's some people who have a shorter path than others. Uh, but that is the overarching message to all of this is that there are still very few people who have done it and they're there for a reason, I guess you could say. But going back to your question, um, I... Um, I guess the first time I made money in drones was racing. So like that's where the first time I kind of saw any kind of kickback. And quite honestly, if I look, especially like the amateur racing leagues, as far as the amount of money I put in in comparison to the amount of money that I got out, I probably maybe broke even, which is great. Like in all honesty, that's like that's good um, because most of the time you'll make a little bit of money back, but you probably spent a lot of money to get there. Um. But yeah, so there was some money in racing, racing on the simulator, uh, doing bigger and bigger races, winning bigger races, um, started to see some money. And I was young. So like when I started competing professionally is when I say is typically I, I probably was around 15. Um, and that was kind of my job was racing professionally. 
uh, are racing, yeah, for money. Uh, but by no, again, by no means. Like I'm winning, you know, a few hundred dollars here at a big race, a few thousand dollars here, or there, maybe some sponsors paying here and there. And that was when I was at the top of my game, the top of the racing game. And like, so now that's the top and they're only making, like, they're not that making that much money. Okay. Um, but then it came basically, we'll fast forward a little bit, like, uh, skip some things, but basically it came time to graduate high school. Uh, for me. And both of my parents are doctors. Uh, so education is very, very uh, valued and important to them as it is. Um, but it was an awkward conversation, you know, to say like, I think I want to pursue drones uh, as a career option, a career um, and like for like forego college, at least for the time being. Um so basically the deal they gave me was that we'll give you a year to go as hard as you can into drones at FPV to try and make it into something. If you do, then go about your way. Congratulations. And if not, then you're going to school. So that, that did put a bit like uh, some pressure on me. But again, like I like pressure is my thing. I love performing under pressure and it, it worked out great. Um, but the way that I've done that is a few different, I guess, streams or parts of the industry, various niches. Um, so when I was uh, 16 or 17 is when I got on DRL. Um, and that is where, you know, you're paid to be a drone racing pilot. Uh, there are 12 drone racing pilots who are paid there. Um, and it's some, some of them, it's their full-time job. Um, so that, that is what some people do. Um, so I got on when I was 17 and that was kind of my, my foot in the door, if you will. That gets you a lot of validity as far as the industry goes. Um, you can say I'm a DRL pilot, which pretty much means that you, to a certain degree, or if what most people think is you know what you're doing because um, you're on the show and they're going to bring on the best people. Um, and that was enough for me to kind of see that like, okay, this is something that like, that maybe there's more there. Like uh, maybe I can support myself with this. And you know, you still have time in the off season and stuff and during the season to do other things. So what other things can I do? And that included starting my company, 533. Um, so we make all things drone racing parts. It's um, focused towards the niche that is drone racing. So not 533 is very focused on, again, the people who enjoy racing and so forth. And myself and Armando, uh, Armando is my business partner. We started it when I was 16 or 17 years old. Um, and it slowly but surely turned into something. Um, but it was, again, one of those things where it was like, you know, that it maybe it was something to support me. Um, and it was kind of a risk and I got very lucky that in the situation that I was in, as far as like, I was winning a bunch of races at the time, which gave me a bunch of validity and like helped the brand a lot and was kind of, kind of able to capitalize on it in that way. Um, but so I was doing DRL and then now I start doing, I running my business. Uh, so now I have two things. So now it's like, okay, doing better. Like this is looking good. Um, and that was right around the time I was graduating high school was when I was in that boat right there. Like kind of two things going for me. Um, and so then that was when I really pushed. So I really started to grow 533 as soon as I graduated high school. Cause like that was my, my focus is to do that, do everything we could do to build the grand. We grew our product list for a, like shoot way more products. We really diversified, did a lot more stuff, way more involved just cause I wasn't in school every day. Now I had more time. Um, and then also DRL, I won both of the seasons that I was a pilot. So it was very helpful as far as my personal brand and getting my name out there to other people where those various opportunities came from. 
uh, one of which being filming, which I'm sure a lot of this is going to be focused around. Um, so filming is where the majority of people right now make their money in drones, uh, whether that's doing, you know, flying DJI drones, FPV drones, big heavy lift drones. It's very uh, like people, it, there's it's a bigger market. People are making money there. So uh, in that year span is when I started doing a lot of freelance videography work. Um, and again, like, I, although I was some top pilot or whatever you call it, um, I was still very, very green or new in the space of filming. Um, so like my, pl my prices reflected that, like I wasn't getting these huge, big jobs because I had no experience in the field and it was very, very difficult to get in. So it was kind of like a work your way up type thing. So I was doing jobs for local like universities, local this, like anywhere I could find work, I was I was doing it. And then slow, pretty much slowly, it was like a ladder climbing my way up and was very focused on it, building my social media, doing all that. It's a grind. Um, and then eventually, so I started kind of gaining some ground, doing freelance stuff and giving various jobs bigger and bigger, um, and then ended up working for pretty much the premier um, FPV, uh, I guess, filming company in the U.S., Beverly Hills Aerials. They do a ton of live sports, feature films, commercials, etc. cetera. Um, I would say as far uh, as volume is doing like the most work, has some of the biggest clients uh, in the country. And basically one thing worked, like led to another, if you will, and we actually ended up kind of partnering up. And so I'm now exclusive to Beverly Hills Aerials the people I do all my work, my filming work through, and we've built a really great relationship. Um, and I'm very lucky to have gotten that and like worked that all worked out. Like it, it just kind of happened, got right place, right time. But, you know, not only was it right place, right time, I was only in that place because I had been working so hard at building my way up through freelance. I had been working so hard at building my social media, doing so much through DRL, really built up like made my, like what I had to say and what I had to offer so much more valid than if I was just some random person that, because they get dozens and dozens of DMs every day trying to get work. But I had over time built up some rapport, if you will. And then when it came time to, um, like there was like a, an opening um, that, that kind of got the call and I was, it just worked out. But one thing that I've heard that as far as the business side of things go is that it's, um, really 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 important to be at the right place at the right time of course but what's way harder than that is to know when you're at the right place and to capitalize on that opportunity um and that's what a lot of people like you know when you're young that's what you have going for you is that there's no the consequences are so much less like um for me to accept that offer for me to chase and try and grow a business for me to have this year to pretty much just go all in on something having no idea if it was going to work I couldn't have done that if I was, you know, 15 years older. So I kind of tried to really, really <clears throat> like lock in or uh, take advantage of my age and where I was. Um, and it, it, it worked out, but it only, I, I, I think I, I'm pretty confident looking back on it, that if I would have tried to do school at the same time, if I would have tried to share it with something else, and didn't just go all in, I don't think I would be where I am. 
I, I just don't because it, it required me to pretty much go all in. That's my complete focus, trying to do the best. Um, because if you look at other industries, even it's like, who are the people that are succeeding? It's the people who are doing things that other people are not. They're the ones who are working the hardest at coming out with the, the next best product, working the hardest at trying to be the next big thing. All these, they're not just doing it on the side and there's a reason they're at the top. It's just like in racing and competition, whatever. If you're willing to do something that somebody else is not, your competitor's not, you will eventually win. I truly believe it. And I was just at a point in my life where I was kind of able to do that. I was, and like we were able to, uh, like for like examples being like, I was able to do filming work at a much cheaper rate because I didn't necessarily need the money, but I um, was like, just wanted the exposure, wanted to get like build the portfolio and all those things. So I was able to do work for cheaper if I needed it. And if it was like the thing I was doing on the side, I wouldn't be able to, I had to turn that down. If for 533, for example, if um, I like needed, if I was only doing it on the side, I would have to hire people a lot earlier to pack orders, to run customer service, to run the social media. But for the first several years, Armando and I did it all by ourselves. I would come home from school, immediately pack all the orders. I would come back, immediately pack all the orders. I would do the customer service. I would do everything alongside Armando, just us. And because that was our sole focus and we were so very lucky to have that opportunity, it allowed us to grow so much faster because we had our overhead was tiny. It was running out of my parents' garage. We had no employees. And again, that only would have happened because we were all in on it. And we were able to beat out other people who had to grow slower because they were paying other people, they were doing it on the side, et cetera. And again, an advantage of being able to go all in. In racing, I'll just go through like the last one. In racing, I was kind of reached my peak if you will in racing or it was at like the top of my game when I was in high school I had little to no responsibility other than be good at drone racing and I went all in on that I practiced more than everyone else I practiced better than everyone else and it just I reaped the rewards plain and simple it wasn't because I mean there are other factors of course I had very supportive parents I like had the ability to you know give very part get other parts and had sponsors and all this stuff but at the end of the day, it came down to I was able to give it 100% of everything. And if I had given it 50%, 75% and got outworked by somebody, I would have missed out an opportunity here, missed out an opportunity there. And slowly, you look at where I'm at now and it just wouldn't have happened. So I'm uh, like, I guess, very big on the quote or the term, like just bet, betting on yourself. Um, because if you don't and you have this plan B, and you have this kind of in the back of your mind of, I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to do it or I need to have a backup plan. And of course, for some people, like with the family and whatever, like they should, uh, like that's great, uh, definitely. But if you're young and you don't have those responsibilities, go all in. If you believe in it, because that's how you win. That's, that's how you win. You just do stuff that other people aren't willing to do. You, yeah, work for cheap. You work a lot. You do things that other people aren't willing to do. And if you're, yeah, yeah, that's that at the end of the day is why I believe, like that's kind of my overarching message. It's just like people ask how I got to where I'm at. And it was a lot of luck, a lot of support from other people and whatnot in right place, right time. But at the end of the day, I could have very easily gone to college simultaneously while doing that and done it on the side and all this stuff, but I wouldn't be where I am today. There's no way. No doubt in my mind, I would have missed races, missed classes, missed opportunities, 
said no to things for school um, when I was pretty much better myself again and went all in on it, said no to nothing, and it got me to where I am now. Dude, that is an absolute value bomb. Holy crap. I love it. <laughs> and and you're preaching messages that are not just specific to, to racing or like to, to FPV or like even anything. Yeah. It's literally just to life there. Like that's actually so powerful. This totally. japers. That's fantastic. Um, I love it. I love it. You've got me like a little bit like just <laughs> wow. It's, it's, it's really cool. It's cool to hear your mindset on things. Um, and just goes to show that it doesn't all come down to uh, obviously the work that you're producing. It's like, oh, I've got a portfolio on my website. It's like, no, it's, it's, it's comes down to putting the work in and, and actually, you know, out, outworking everyone else. And that's what it came yeah. down to. And that's extremely cool to hear. Um, and I guess that sort of leads me on to, to ask, what is your main focus right now? Like what, what is your daily um because I, I guess presuming here you're you're financially stable within fpv um as the as the hobby i guess you could call it but as as a career fpv would be your main thing right yeah um so i would say if we were to talk about what i do right now um the the, the few things that i do are are right now like um I run 533. So that is, I would say, at its core, my main goal, my main passion, and what I worry about every single day, day in and day out, revolves around 533. Um, and, you know, myself, I'm very lucky to have such a great business partner in Armando, who also that is what he worries about. And together we're a great team. Um, and so when I'm home, like this is my home. Um, which is in Knoxville, Tennessee. I go to the shop every single day. Um, we work on you know new products. What can we do better? Making the shop a more efficient place just day in and day out when I'm home. Um, I'm not on vacation. I'm not relaxing from filming. I come back next morning bright and early. I'm going to the shop to figure out how we can improve. Um, and then um, I guess, yeah, so 533 is the way I would describe it is I can, I guess, live off 533. Um, it is something that like we don't or pull a ton of money out of. Like a lot of it, like the margins are very low and it's very much a passion project. We have to invest a lot back into the business because we still want to grow and do more with it. So it's not like we're just pulling money out like crazy by any means. Like we're pulling out a very, very like... Um, I guess conservative amount, just uh, like you know, we're if what I'm saying is our, such. Our, I'm sorry, yeah, I guess like a livable wage. Our hourly rate is probably horrible comparison. The amount we work versus the amount we get paid for five three three very low. But again, our it's very passion driven, and we're working hard at it. But what that allows um, to have that, what that allows basically, is to take bigger risks in other areas. Um, I guess because I, I have that kind of foundation. Um, so, for example, like DRL. This year, I'm not a pilot on DRL. I'm actually a commentator. Um, and it was kind of a almost a lifestyle decision because of, you know, I've worked so hard at racing for so many years. It kind of took a toll on me mentally. Um, and it simply the amount of stress I would go through per dollar that I would get from DRL wasn't worth it. 
Um, so kind of took a step back from that. And one thing led to another, it ended up in the commentating role, which has been great. I really, really love that. Um, and it's been a really great way to diversify what I do, get better at speaking and really, yeah, diversify me as far as value in so many different ways. So, and it turned out great. I'm very happy. But that is kind of like, um, I guess you could call it like fun money, if you will, the, the, the commentating stuff. Um, and then... Um, Beverly, the stuff I do with Beverly Hills Aerials, at least the way I kind of structure my finances is, um, that is basically, um, what I would use to invest in future opportunities. So I know we've talked briefly about a new business we're starting. That's very education focused and very beginner FPV focused. Um, that requires a lot of money, a whole lot of money. Um, and instead of spending all that money, like like all, all over the place. I've kind of just used all the work that I do for Beverly Hills and travel and all that stuff. Um, have used a lot of that to kind of save and put away for opportunities such as this to if five through three needs money for whatever reason we need to grow, then I can, I can help. And then if kickstart needs money or that's what the name of the business is, sorry, just totally leads that. Um, but if this other business needs money, then can fund things like that. So kind of have these three different pillars that are all used for various different things. Um, one for living, one for investing into the future, and the other for various fun activities. Um, and trying to, you know, live as balanced life as I possibly can. But as far as day in and day out, it's 533 is the focus, um, especially when I'm home. And then I'm very, very passionate about a lot of the filming that I do, and I really enjoy that. So when I get those opportunities, which is about typically about half of the month, so two weeks of every month, I'm typically traveling on a job. Then I put a lot, like obviously vast majority of my effort into doing as best I can there. Um, and while still doing my best to manage 533 and various parts of it remotely. And then commentating is this thing that I get to do that's like so passionate about. I get to cheer on my friends who are racing, commentate, hopefully make the show better and more understandable. Um, and then also, again, like the work-life balance, that's kind of my money that I try and that I get to enjoy a little bit more because, again, it's more of like a bonus. Um, but largely, like that's like also the smallest portion of my income, I guess you could say. 533 and Beverly Hills Aerials are much more uh, the major things that I put a lot more time and stuff, get more back from them. But a lot of my focus, again, at my age is less about spending and more about how can I utilize this to further my career, go on and just play as smart as I can. Because B being my age, if I there's an opportunity that I could capitalize on and go all in on, if you will, then I want to be able, I don't want to be hindered by me having a nice car and, you know, like a Rolex or something like, um, so trying to maintain um, that and stay focused on the goal um, or the vision that is just to continue doing what it is I do, which is, you know, um, working in the FPV or the drone industry. Um, and if, you know, if I have to, if I'm stupid and turn down things and spend money when I shouldn't because I need, and then the time comes time to invest in something or I, something needs money in one of the three polls, I guess, that I do, then, um, that would be that. So I'm trying to uh, stay balanced and on top of it in that way to make the most of any opportunity. 
if we look into your video side of things and and the filming side of things back when you were getting started into that because obviously you're very well progressed into that now and as you were saying you've got a great relationship with a great company you know you're you're pretty well progressed into that if you went back to the start of getting yourself through and into the filming side of things um what what are you what are you doing to pitch FPV to these potential clients? Because for us in New Zealand, at least, it's a very small small space, and a lot of people don't even know what an FPV drone is. You know, it's it's a difficult one to be like, oh yeah, well we can get you some great shots. So, what would you say your advice would be to like, you know, pitch or what what would you be pitching to potential clients? So the my biggest recommendation after going through all of it is um, the filming industry is very much a who you know type thing. Like um, I was very frustrated by this at the beginning because I felt I was extremely qualified to do any job. But like as far as the piloting side, I was really, really capable on top of it. I had all the gear I needed. I had a bunch of experience and whatever, but I wasn't getting I was losing jobs to these people that I'd never heard of before. And it's because they had a lot of experience in film before. They already knew the guy that knew the guy that knew the guy who thought FPV was cool, and that's the person he's going to call. Um, so what I would do is try and get on a film set however possible, um, whether that's be a production assistant, whether that be just somebody who helps out, whatever Find local productions that are going on in any capacity and get in the door somehow. Um, well, that doesn't have to be FPV. Like Maybe that means you get really good at doing some more DJI drone type stuff, like getting in the door however possible. There, I'd say as far as volume of work, you're gonna there'll be more volume uh, for DJI drone type shots, the very steady, very scenic, and that, I mean, voila, you're on, you, and then you can pitch when you're there. But just going up to your local gym or whoever and saying, hey, I want to do this great shot. Like, sure, you might get a couple calls here and there. But, I mean, the production co like the production company is the people that the clients call. Like, if you have a real budget to make a commercial, a real budget to make anything, what are you going to do? Call a production company. And the production company is going to find people that do the various things and come up with the various ideas. So you need to make those relationships as fast as you can. And it's, again, the film industry is a lot of who you know, but it's also very personality driven. Just because you're good at flying drones, but you're not cool or you didn't help or like help out around, like um, it's gonna, like, and that's just networking and business in general, 100%. Um, so you need to be this double-edged sword as far as somebody who's very good at communicating. Communicating is so important on set, so important, especially with drones, managing expectations, there's so many social skills that I've learned from being on set and being around that. Um, just that, yeah, are invaluable. Because again, you would, you'll think that, oh, I'm really good at drones. I have all this stuff. I'm ready. That's, that's only half the battle. Now you got to make the connections. You got to learn. You got to get on set. You got to perform and also be cool while doing it and be helpful while doing it and manage expectations and make sure everybody's happy. It's There's a learning curve for sure. So... Um, people who, so say you're watching this, you're an FPV pilot and people you're going to lose jobs to are people who are in the camera industry or in the film industry already and learn how to fly FPV because they have connections. They know how to act. They know the etiquette. 
and they've already learned those things, which makes it way easier to get jobs. Um, so that's what I like. What was hard about me is I knew a lot about drones, but very little, very little about the industry. So once I got in the industry or whatever, I was able to work my way up relatively fast. Um, and, um, but again, it was very difficult. And then there's some people who know a lot about the industry, um, but don't know much about drones. So it's hard for them to work their way up as they learn more about drones and so forth. So if you can kind of be this hybrid of the two, um, then you, that's that, what I'm saying is that sets you up for success the most. Um, but it's difficult. You're going to have to have some awkward conversations. You're going to fail a lot. Uh, but this never hurts to reach out. Never hurts to say, Hey, I want to like, if you, an opportunity ever comes up, I'd love to be a part of it. I'd love to, you know, show you what I can do. Um, but it really just takes meeting the right person just one time. It's like, you can meet a hundred different people. And if you just meet the right person one time, like all you have to meet is one, like they can all tell you, no, if you meet one, then that can be your foot in the door and opportunities will come from there. Uh, but yeah, you're going to fail several times to be told several times or told no several times. I experienced all of that, but I, to answer your question, kind of went, uh, found a local production company. Uh, who started doing some drone work and I got had done some stuff with them, gained a ton of experience on set, learned a lot of valuable things at a small, um, I guess a small scale, if you will, that has now applied to a lot of the things I do at a much bigger scale. But just had to get my foot in the door one time. Yep, it's definitely the, the, um, the not the more you know, but the who you know there. So yeah, that, for yeah sure. again, another, another absolute value bomb there. Um, it's interesting. I've got a question down as wanting to talk about racing as a viable income. And I know you touched on this before as a point of you don't make that much money throughout just racing. And yeah. I guess is I guess my question here is, is there a way to be within just the racing space if that's something that someone is, you know, primarily passionate about um, and doesn't really have any care for recording videos or you know working with clients in particular and whatnot um is there a way for them to to you know or, or is there a way for them to not necessarily make a full-time career out of it but at least you know make a pathway that can that can lead them towards doing what they're passionate about for a living um i would say doing it in racing is probably one of the or one of if not the hardest place to do it uh because it is such a niche industry um you know if you i would say there's a way to do it um it would be very difficult you'd have to have great sponsor relations um as far as sponsors who are very loyal to have a great partnership with maybe they're paying you uh hopefully you know at i, I mean First thing you would do is try and limit cost as much as possible. So that would be trying to get parts as cheap or free. Um, and then now, and then you need to perform. So this is what makes making racing a job hard is that it's dependent on you winning. Like last place at the race doesn't win. They don't care if none of their drones worked. They don't care if they had bad video. You either win or you don't win. Um, and that is typically what gets paid, especially at big races. So it puts a lot of pressure on you, especially if racing is like paying your rent 
Um, now you're going to this race and you're like, oh, well, if I don't win, then I guess I'm not paying rent. Really scary. Um, maybe you're that good and you can't pay your rent with FPV. Um, but going back to what I was saying, you first thing you want to do is limit costs as much as possible. Maybe you have a sponsor that's helping you with travel. Maybe you have a sponsor that's helping you with gear. Okay. And then now you need to be really good at racing. You need to be one of the best, one of the best which takes a lot of time and money. So the why I say I was proud to break even is to get really good at racing, you're just going to go in the red a lot. You're going to go really deep in the red. You're going to be buying parts. You're going to be spending money. You're going to be traveling to races. And you're not going to be making much back because you're going to be learning. You know, you're going to be working your way up. And sure, maybe at some point they'll cross back. But to get really good, you'll, you're going to go pretty far down. Um, if that again, that's to say you're not doing any other film work, that's not in any business, not any whatever. This is just racing. Um, so yeah, you'll go pretty far in the red. And then say you get some sponsors, you get some help with travel. Um, now you're trying to work your way up in the green. And then now you need to consistently finish in the top three, which is super hard. Drone racing, like uh, if I could if I could finish top three in every single race of the year and not win, like I would be over the world. I'd be so happy, but that's so hard to do. So incredibly hard to do. Um, now say you get up to that level and then now you get on DRL. You're one of the 12 pilots. Then you have a, sh then you can live off of like, uh, if you do well in DRL, then I would say you have a shot. Um, if you continue to do other stuff, um, to live, um, not going to say you're going to live comfortably, but, um, you'll definitely live and get exposure. What, what they, what DRL says they want their pilots to be, at least in its current state is it's supposed to be like a springboard for your career. Nobody, you don't come on DRL and you're not there for 20 years. You get on DRL and you make the most of all the opportunities you gain from that. You have so much exposure, so many eyes on you. You need to be starting business. You need to be filming. You need to be getting your name out there as much as possible uh, when you have all that exposure uh, and then let DRL springboard you into those opportunities. But you getting into DRL and just sitting there and being a pilot on the show, it's like eventually you'll cap out. You're going to cap out. Like There's going to be like a, a salary cap, if you will, eventually, um, at least in its current structure. Um, maybe that changes. I don't know. But the... Um, yeah, so most that's like the kind of the pitch that DRL says is like if you're on DRL, congratulations. Now you're at like you're pretty much this is not the end, this is not the top. You're at the base of the mountain. Now is the time for you to really work and make the most of this opportunity. So that kind and that kind of goes back to why I was on DRL just for two years. Um, is that I, I kind of felt like I was at a cap of what I could um get there um and improve upon. Uh, but I tried to make a lot of things happen in those two years that I was on and it made more sense for me time-wise and also just, you know, personally to pursue those instead of being on the show for another year. Um, but yeah, it's very hard. Very few people do it and there's a lot of luck involved, but if you really put your mind to it and do it and say yes opportunities and like are willing to go in the red, willing to invest the money and time into it, you it's possible for anyone, but there's a little bit of luck just as anything. Um, but if you, if you really want it, it I, I'm confident you can get it. Dude, that's, that's fantastic. And that, 
Yeah, that really does set a a point of I think where FPV is right now because it's not necessarily like I mean I I personally believe that FPV is just going to continue on a upwards trend for the coming years. I mean at the moment even since I've joined just two years ago into the community, it's like the amount of progress that just within the industry, um, which you know then in turn creates more opportunity for jobs, more exposure for jobs, and and obviously more different money-making schemes as such um or careers not schemes but um <laughs> you know like these these other avenues that i think will continue to come out as we go forward and hey maybe that means racing will become potentially more viable as a as a as a continual career in the future but i think it's also important to to know we're in such early stages like i mean you know even even yeah just just the whole the whole of everything but FPV is so early. But dude, I really appreciate your value today. Um, and if, if anyone wants to go and check out your products or your racing or your pages or anything, how can they connect with you? Um, so yeah, I'm pretty easy to find. Uh, my name obviously is Evan Turner. Um, it, the stuff I go by like on socials and stuff is just heads up FPV, pretty much what I go, go by for everything. Um, that's like the name I raced under and that's still what most of my socials are under. Um, and then my business is, uh, 533. So, uh, we make, like I said, if you're into the racing side of things, we do a lot of stuff there. Um, and then you'll start to see, um, more things, uh, for me as we start to do, uh, some other business things at FPV. Um, I guess we'll talk about it here, but it'll be called kickstart. Um, so it'll be a, a beginner FPV focused company. And that'll be, it's been in the works now for several months and hopes to launch this summer. But that'll be the ways that are, that's where I'll be and where my time will be. Um, and then as well as you can see me on the Beverly Hills Aerials Instagram, all the content and stuff that I do is very publicized over there. Um, but I, anything drone related, I'm, I'm typically affiliated with. So reach out to me anytime. Uh, if I see you around, then that's great. But um, yeah, I'm just always around in the drone world. Brilliant. Hey, thanks so much for coming on the show today. Um, yeah, really appreciate it, dude. Thanks for having me.